Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a lot. We are starting to get a little bit more news, a little bit more information mm. as uh, training camp ekes closer, as the team gets their you know plans in place for you know they had to get all these these plans in place for covid to make sure that they had the backup plans the testing plans everything's approved now we're just seeing bodies roll into the facilities we're seeing pictures come out we're seeing smiling faces with cowboys jerseys yeah you know it's it's starting to feel something closer to what this time of year feels like for cowboys fans yeah, and I think it'll really start to feel that way over the next week once everybody reports. Um, but until then, uh, we, we're getting a bunch of NFL news you know, over the last couple of days, and it starts with um, players opting out. When the NFL and the Players Association agreed to some of the new rules and regulations for this upcoming season, they gave the players the opportunity to opt out of the 2020 season. If you are considered an at-risk player, you got $250,000 and your contract uh, just remains the same for the following season. If you are considered a not at-risk uh, player, you earn $150,000 for the season. Um, the Cowboys actually had two different players opt out over the last two days. Um, and let's start with the, the bigger name, Maurice Kennedy, the cornerback that the Cowboys signed earlier this offseason, played with the Jets, played with the Ravens. Uh, can play in the slot, can play outside. We were excited when the team signed him, but he will not be part of their plans for this season. What was your uh, initial reaction when you heard uh, that Kennedy has opted out of the 2020 season? You know, I, I, I have a feeling that my reaction to these is always going to be the same, and, and it's gonna, especially for the Cowboys players, it's going to be disappointment because I wanted to see the player play but yep. I mean obviously a high level of understanding like I mean because uh, you know it's sympathy because I, you know I I feel like if it was me I, I and I was a lower leveled player especially I don't know that that'd be worth it you know I don't know that that'd be worth the, the risk for me I think that there is there's really a price point at a certain you know I think that's kind of baked into this this whole you know opt out option that is really going to you know keep some of these players that you know maybe second or third year vets or 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 guys that are not on rookie contracts or not on their second deals i I think there's going to be a price point for kind of the middle class of the nfl that that you know they they decide that the it's probably worth it to take the money and just not play this year and i think that candidates is is one of those guys i think he's you know he got a signing bonus that was very very similar to uh, what what the, the the buyout was, and I think for him, you know, if you feel like you can live within your means and, and you've you've got some money saved away, hundred fifty thousand dollars obviously is not a is not a, a small amount of money for all. the no. average person, you know. So uh, I think that if you can find a way to kind of keep healthy and, and try to continue your career while safely, you know, maybe sitting out for the year, you just treat it like you've you've you know busted up your knee and you need a, a year to, to rehab. 
and then just you know wait and see how things are in 2021. I just think this isn't the last one, and obviously you know we got another guy to talk about here in a sec as well. But I it for each one of these situations, it's going to be about you know the safety of 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 the game versus what these guys are going to be paid and the difference between the opt out and what they're going to be paid in the season as mm-hmm. to you know kind of the risk versus reward for these guys as, as whether they want to play next year or not. Yeah, so let's talk about Kennedy specifically because he actually doesn't get any money for the opt out. He just gets to keep the signing bonus uh, that the Cowboys gave to him, which I think was two hundred and fifty thousand. So basically, ends so up. So he being got a little lot. bonus. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. It he gets works a, out for him. Yep, he gets a little bit of a bonus. Now, here's the thing: the Cowboys hold his rights for the twenty twenty one season. So if Kennedy comes back next year, uh, he will still have to play under the deal that he signed this off season. Um, I said this on Twitter. I actually don't think this is a bad move for the Cowboys either because mm-hmm. no, we got to remember when the Cowboys signed Kennedy, right? This was during free agency before the draft. Since the draft has happened, the Cowboys have added three cornerbacks that are probably ahead of him on the depth chart. I think that's at least fair to say. And Trevon Diggs, Reggie Robinson, and then Daryl Worley. Remember, they got Worley a couple weeks after the draft has ended. Um, I think this team is already going to probably keep six corners, and I think C.J. Goodwin is going to be another, and he's really a special teamer. Was Kennedy a part of that top four or five? I'm not so sure, but in 2021, when Awuzie and Jordan Lewis leave, I think it's way more realistic to think that he could crack that top five, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that you know, you've got him in-house still, and, and, and I think as you were laying it out, you, you laid out the timeline, which is very important. I, I think the issue is that you look at when he was signed, uh, and he was signed essentially as an insurance uh, as an insur- insurance play at a stopgap. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And I think he was a a good signing for that. Then suddenly you see that they were able to uh, you know add two top one hundred picks at the at the position. Uh, well, no, I mean the two 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 legitimate picks. Well, I, think I mean they should have been graded, top one hundred. Great yeah, top one hundred. Yeah. Uh, and then you you add in a third guy who you think has some good experience, is young, has some ability to play inside and outside. Uh, and I think that you know, as far as the veteran signing guys go, he would have been a little bit ahead of uh, Maurice Kennedy. And, and I think that that's really you know where it felt like okay, well, it was great that we signed him early on, but maybe now he's just really good depth. And, and now it looks like. Well, we've got him for this year. He's not playing this year, mm-hmm. uh, but we have him back next year. And, and you know, next year's cornerback situation may be uh, a little bit more tenuous because you're going to start losing some of these guys. So, like you said, to have him already in place as kind of a you know, kind of just solid down right. bench depth really right. is 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 valuable. I think, and especially like you said, with you know, expiring contracts coming with some of these other younger guys, you've got something in place. So. Uh, you, you know, a floor to hit in case you, you are unable to uh, acquire more cornerback talent in the next offseason. Um, a few things. Um, as you were talking, I looked up when the Cowboys signed Maurice Kennedy, and I think this is important as well. They actually signed him before they were able to bring back Anthony Brown. So the Cowboys yeah. were looking to fill that slot corner spot just in case they couldn't get Anthony Brown back. A few days later, they did come to a deal. Um, so I think even after that move, you knock him down to the depth chart a little bit. Um, and then next year in 2021, with the cap potentially going down, 
it's going to be really hard for the Cowboys to sign a lot, a lot of free agents, especially outside free agents. Um, you know, and if Prescott's taking up 21% of the cap, assuming they franchise him again next year, you're going to need to get some guys on cheap deals. Maurice Kennedy is one of those. We know that he can play. We've seen him play in the NFL a couple of years. If he's your third or fourth corner, I think you're fine. Um, let's take one more break, and, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, some of the other guys that are opting out for the Cowboys and around the NFL. Okay, Landon, the second player for the Cowboys to opt out is undrafted free agent wide receiver Stephen Goodry of Mississippi State. Um, this is not a, a significant one in terms of the Cowboys being hurt by this opt-out. Uh, it does. It, it, it's rough for him because who knows how many chances he's going to get in the NFL. And in this case, for undrafted free agents, I don't know if you saw this, they actually don't get the opt-out uh, salary. So they, they don't get the 150000 All they get to do is keep whatever signing bonus they got when they initially signed with the team. For Gidry, it was a $10,000 signing bonus. Um, I know he has a lot of fans. He led Mississippi State in receiving yards and touchdowns over the last two years. Um, But what do you think about him not being a part of the team this year? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's tough for all these undrafted free agents. And, um, you know, beyond the fact that they're kind of being paid, uh, you know, pennies in the dollar for for their craft, as usual, I mean, the, the reason that they get paid that way is because they get the opportunity to pursue their dream to potentially get a big-time contract. Uh, and really, all the Gidry's going to get is this money, and then you hope, and he hopes, that he will get another shot on a team next year. I mean, I think what you're going to see next season, and just to kind of sidetrack a little bit, you know, is the most amazing street free agent market, uh, maybe in, you know, especially for talented young players, maybe oh, yeah. in history. You know, now you've got two undrafted free agent classes emptying out into the 2021 streets. And, um, you know, I, 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 you don't, you don't really know what the state of those guys are going to be. I mean, a year away from football. Uh, but then again, you know, I, they're, they're, that's a very real possibility for, you know, 95% of football players in, in, in the league at this point. So, you know, there's there's a very real chance that none of this happens and the season falls through. So it's it's interesting to kind of, you know, right now we, we know so little about yeah. what's going yeah. on. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. But, I mean, if you were to project out a little bit, you know, to the next season – you know, you hope that these guys are able to kind of maintain th- their football playing shape, find a way to keep healthy, and then, you know, just be part of the post-draft free agent grab of next season uh, and, and hope that they, you know, are able to find a spot on the team. And again, like the, the competition is now going to be twice as difficult because you're now going against a, a year younger crew uh, and, uh you know, who are also undrafted free agents. So, right. uh, I, you know, you have to feel for this whole class of players who didn't get drafted because they, you know, nor they obviously coming out as an undrafted free agent, you're fighting an uphill battle to say the least. Those odds have now just been made even more longer, maybe more than twice as longer because they are now having to go against next year, a younger crop of undrafted free agents. 
and and all the guys who didn't get a chance in training camp because of the shortened camp and because of all the other things that are are playing here. Now everybody's going to be in a you know battle royal a battle royale competition for training camps in the 2021 season. I think. Well, and you didn't even mention this, but we talked about it on yesterday's podcast that. The expectation is the salary cap is going to drop probably about $25 million. We know that the the base level is $175 million. Uh, that's $23 million less than what we have this year. And with so many teams needing to get under the cap, like I know right now, Philadelphia is projected to be, with that number, $75 million over the cap at this time next year. Uh, you're going to see a lot of veterans, good veterans cut. So, uh, that market is going to be absolutely insane. So uh, it's going to be really hard for these undrafted rookie free agents to to even get a chance to go to a camp and to do anything. So I, I really, really feel for them. Um, some other NFL news or some Cowboys-related news. Uh, the team released running back Jordan Chun, who spent last year with the Cowboys on the practice squad. He got elevated once, played on special teams, uh, showcased a little bit in the preseason uh, he was put on NFI with a knee injury. Um, we kind of talked about this in terms of roster construction that we didn't think the Cowboys would necessarily keep a third running back on the roster. Um, but, if, you know, Chun is somebody that we did like. So what do you think about him not being a part of the Cowboys' future plans? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to be honest, he had had nine lives as a undrafted free agent running back already yeah. i mean he'd kind of come and gone several different times had had weight issues lost the weight impressed the coaches fell out of favor fell into favor um you know and this is a new coaching staff so you know right. all those pet cats that kind of hang around the facility that get fed by the previous coaching staff uh those those saucers of milk aren't out for them anymore so uh that's Really, I took that analogy way too far. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, but yeah, I think you know there was a mention that you know he may have had a knee situation. Um, you know, I, I think with with any of these guys, any of these guys who you know previously would have survived this situation, the the Lance Lenores, the you know Chun is is a great example. Any of these guys who you know are. Are, are hanging around because the coaching staff liked them or because, you know, they, they like right. the, the way that they practice. They knew the way that we did things. And that's, you know, that's enough to keep them around. All, all of that has been severed. So, you know, all the kind of, uh, uh, you know, bonus that you get for being, having, having been in the building under the previous coaching staff, that you might have gotten, you know, in previous years, you're not getting that anymore. So you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. They, these, this coaching staff would probably much rather work with the undrafted free agent running backs that they that they brought in and, and the guys that they brought in. You know, so this is really not a surprise. It's it's more no, just no. Uh, you know just housekeeping for another guy who was kept around, hung around. Uh, uh, by the other by the other coaching staff, and now that there's a reason to you know potentially let them go, they're not getting that benefit of a doubt that they would with the previous yeah. coaching staff. I agree. It's it, it stinks for Jordan Chun because that was probably his last opportunity in the NFL. Uh, but a decent player just didn't work out for him. Um, let's take one more break, and we're going to talk about Antoine Woods. Okay, Landon, let's talk about Antoine Woods today. He signed his exclusive rights tender. Uh, which basically, <sighs> yeah, basically didn't allow him to leave. Anyways, I don't know why this took so long. Um, 
But let's go ahead and talk about what it means to the Cowboys. He's back. Uh, he's a solid player, unspectacular, uh, probably behind Don Terry Poe, right? What are we expecting from Antoine Woods this year? Uh, you know, it, it's he's going to be a rotational player. He's going to be uh, the backup nose tackle. Um, I, you know, I, I honestly don't know if he... Is he allowed to make the roster? No. Okay, no. I agree. He's not, and and I and I and I honestly wonder if because of this, they, if they don't like make a strong effort to go replace him, sure. <laughs> you know, because they're they're really, it really isn't going to be tough, you know. I think if, especially if they have now kind of opened themselves up to the Don Terry Poe type of body styles, you know, as playing that position. I think that if they wanted to go out and get a uh, uh, another nose tackle out there, they they definitely could. And I think you know I think that they would like Antoine Woods to come in and kind of be that backup rotational guy, you know, with in, in the middle. But I I also think that they feel like they could easily go out and get that guy. Uh, you know, on the street, and, and that's why they're not sweating in, a, in, a, in an exclusive right free agent throwing a fit and not signing his. De- like, I don't even understand why he did this. Like, it's not. I, I don't know. You, you, you're getting no extra leverage. You, you're just, you're just pissing the team off. Really, is all you're doing. And, and maybe you're not yeah. even like maybe they don't even care that much. But like, I just, yeah, I, I, I just wonder if, you know, Tristan Hill shows anything. Or, or, or Gallimore shows anything if they don't just, you know, plop them up in front of him and, and, and see what they go. I mean, it could be one of those situations where they're not even signing a veteran backup because they want they want to you know clear the lanes for a guy like Tristan Hill or Gallimore to take that backup role. And, and so, you know, they, they have Woods on exclusive rights, you know, tender, but they don't even necessarily only because that's a really cheap tender and, and, you know, they could cut him if they need it. Need right, to. I, I right. just, yeah, I just, his value, his, you know, or his perceived value in the team is is way out of whack in it's a way odd. that I, I, in a way that I've I don't know that I've seen in a, in a long time really. And well, we knew this was coming a while ago. I mean, like, like I, this is a somewhat famous story after the 2018 playoffs uh, where the Cowboys just got gashed by the Rams. I made a plea on Twitter that the Cowboys should go after Dominican Sue and upgrade the interior defensive line. Uh, some of the defensive linemen on the Cowboys team took offense to that, and including Woods, and they believed they were they had a better defensive line than the Rams, who had Aaron Donald and Brockers and uh, Sue. So I, I don't know. It just seems like it, it just seems weird. But um, I, I guess it's going to depend on Mike Nolan too, right? Like, is he going to want yeah. two nose tackle types on his roster? I mean, I obviously Neville Gallimore is going to be one of the team's backups. We think Tristan Hill may be able to do some of the one technique stuff and maybe some of the nose tackle stuff. It, it, I would think, you know, with them probably going long at defensive end, Woods might be on the outside looking in, right? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I guess the question is, is that are you using that role enough to? justify having two of those guys right especially if if he's not going to start 
then what's the value of it, right? Yeah, and and if especially if like I, like I was saying, you could go off and get somebody on the street that could probably do the job similarly to him. I mean, because because we're asking him to do the kind of the two gapping job a little bit more than yeah. just the one gapping job, which I think is you know something that you can find big strong guys who can sure. take up double teams sure. on the street. I think, uh, yeah, I just you know it. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they constitute their their defensive line because I think that's going to really speak towards how flexible their fronts are going to be. And maybe that's why they keep Woods. Maybe they keep him because they think he can be uh, more than just a, 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 a you know a one or a zero. Maybe they think he can, if you need him to, he can play some five tech. You know, he's a three hundred plus pound guy. You can put him on over a tackle and just see if he can eat him up um i you know i don't know i i just think that the you know right now the reason antoine woods is on the team is not because he's some fantastic player it's that he's a you know a, a an average player but he's got a an extraordinarily cheap contract yeah that's why he's on the team not because he's you know uncuttable well all right let me let me ask you this if it came down to these two guys as like let's say the 10th defensive lineman would you rather have joe jackson or antoine woods on your team I think Joe Jackson gives you more Jackson, versatility. Without a doubt. Right. I, I mean, just because there's upside there. And, yeah. you know, again, like, I can go. Like, I, I, look, I mean, you know, I understand that we went through that whole process where, uh, you know, we couldn't find a nose tackle and, and everybody was worried about it. And then Antoine Woods came and showed up and acted like a savior and all that. I just don't think that finding a nose tackle is that difficult, especially if you uh, well, I mean, really, especially if you're not limiting yourself in what you're looking, which is what the problem was with the Cowboys previously. So they have kind of, you know, released themselves from the chains of that, uh, you know, kind of restriction on how they look at nose tackles. And so I think that opens up the market a lot more. And for someone like Joe Jackson, I think Joe Jackson has shown ability and, and he has a very kind of unique physical uh makeup mm-hmm. i think he's gonna be he could be a very valuable inside outside player i think you know he has he has a lot of value because he can do i think he you can get him to do a whole bunch of things antoine woods you know you're gonna have he to really squint thing. yeah you're yeah. gonna have to really you know make adjustments you're really gonna have to you know play to his strengths to get him to do anything other than just you know Occupy bodies in the middle of the but, defense, and I would even say this: if it was if it was a different situation, so like if this is Snacks Harrison, someone who is an elite run defender and doesn't offer any pass rush, I think that's different, right? Woods is a good run defender. I wouldn't yeah. say he's a great run defender, right? This isn't like you're getting a, a, a dominant one technique that you can't move off the ball or anything like that, and that's why I, I think I'd rather gamble on somebody at the bottom of the roster like a Joe Jackson. I'd rather keep an extra defensive end like a Bradley Anai or a Jalen Jelks or somebody like that. Um, So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Woods here. I think he might have overplayed his hand a little bit, um, and we'll we'll see. Training camp is going to be big for him. Uh, That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.